Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wonderful worship. How many people love to worship the Lord? I love to worship the Lord. If you don't like to worship the Lord, you're going to have a hard time in heaven. Because in heaven, we worship 24 hours a day. So you need to learn and to rehearse worship now before you go to heaven. How many people expect to go to heaven? Raise your hand up. I wonder. But you expect to go? Okay. I'm talking about heaven and a lot of you say, no, I'm not going there. I'm going there for sure. I'm going to heaven. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All these 10 years, I have this test of the goodness of the fire of the Holy Spirit since 1996, 1995. That's why I'm willing to lose everything, including friends, including reputation and popularity to keep the file of God in my life and in my church. The file of God is so precious to change us from glory to glory to glory. I'm sold out for the Holy Spirit. Even though I love the Word, don't take me wrong, I love the Word, but without the Holy Spirit, the church will never be what God wants us to be. We need the Holy Spirit. So the sermon tonight, we will continue to talk about the personhood of the Holy Spirit. We need to get the Word because the more the Word we know, the more faith we have. A lot of Christians don't know the Word, so they cannot cooperate with God and work with God very well. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the understanding. It's very important to understand the Word of God so that we can work with the Spirit of the living God very well. And the Word or the truth will help us how to walk with the Spirit of God. In the Old Testament, it's a time of the Father. We see the action of the Father. And then when it comes to the time of the New Testament or the four Gospels, we see the action of the Lord Jesus Christ. And after Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and ascended to heaven, then the church era, the dispensation of the church started in Jerusalem. And from that day on, when the church started in Jerusalem, we have been in the time of the Holy Spirit. The Father is in heaven, and the Lord Jesus is at His right hand. But who is working on earth today is not Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if the church is not educated about the Holy Spirit, the church will miss a big part of Christian life and will live in defeat and in lacking Lack of blessing because the Holy Spirit is the key person that is working in the church today. Therefore, I want to educate all of you to understand about the work of the Holy Spirit. And in order to work with Him and follow Him, we need to understand that He is the person. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, I love this scripture. And I use this scripture in my own life all the time. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, And if the Spirit of Him, mean of God, or of Jesus, who raised Jesus from the dead, you know who raised Jesus from the dead? Not medical doctor. The Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, you and me. The Spirit is living in us. He, mean God, the Father, raised Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies. Everyone say life. Our bodies are mortal, are weak. If you don't agree with me, I challenge you to go to the big building, top of the building, and jump off the building. And you're going to see that your body is mortal, for sure. Our mortal bodies, through His Spirit, who lives in you. This scripture has so many meanings. The Spirit of God is the one who gives life to our mortal body. What does it mean? We 
are prone to get sick. Virus can attack us. Bacteria can attack us. Cancer and tumor and all kinds of sicknesses and diseases can attack us. But if you are full of the Holy Spirit and walk with the Spirit by faith and cooperate with the Spirit, the Spirit of the Living God will continue to nurture your body, continue to enlighten and and energize your body to have life, not sickness, not disease, not tiredness. You will live supernaturally in the physical realm. Because the Spirit of God gives you life on the inside of you. And not only that, it also means that one day the Spirit of the Lord will resurrect our dead body into a new body. There will be the resurrection of the dead when Jesus comes back. And our new body will join with our spirit and we're going to have a new body. The person who resurrects our body is the Holy Spirit. But we are not there yet. Let's look at today. Today, if we are a Christian who understands the Scripture, we will love the Holy Spirit. We will love to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We will love to work with the Holy Spirit, marinated by the Holy Spirit, love to be touched by the Spirit of the living God, and believe that the Spirit of God will keep you healthy and strong and full of life and energy and wisdom and joy, and young age all the time. Amen? How many people believe that we can live to 120 years old? Raise your hand up. I believe so. Amen. I study the Bible, and I notice that a lot of believers, a lot of Christians in the Bible live at 120 years old. So we can live a long life, but we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to have the Spirit on the inside of us. Amen? Because the Spirit of God is not just power or influence. He is a person. We need to work with Him as a person, not the influence or like the power. A lot of people misunderstand the thing that the Spirit of God is just influence or power. If we think that He is power, then we want to get a hold of it. But if we believe that the Spirit of God is the person, He is God, we will let Him get a hold of us. And we want Him to take control of us instead of we try to get a hold of it. Amen? He get a hold of us. He controlled us. I received the email from another country. And a believer asked these members of our church in another country, why Pastor Lau talk about the file of God all the time? And I asked the question back, is the person who talk like that Christian? Yes. And if you're a Christian, you not talk about God. What are you talking about? The file of God or the Holy Spirit is God. And you, you're not talking about God. Who are you talking about? You're talking about TV, movie? I'd like to talk about God. And the Spirit of God is God. He is the third part of the Trinity. If we think that Holy Spirit is power, we will be proud to have it. But if the Holy Spirit is the person, we will be humble to listen to Him and let Him lead us. We will not boast about having the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is power only or influence, we will get it to be able to accomplish our own plan and our own purpose. But if the Holy Spirit is the person, and He is God, He is our Lord, He is the master of our life. We need to treat the Holy Spirit as the master, as the Lord. He's God. He's not your bus boy. Come here, come here. Give me a boyfriend. Give me a girlfriend. Give me lottery, a number in the lottery. No, He's not your bus boy. He's not your servant like that. He is your master. If He is the person, then what happened? We will be humble. And ask him, what should I do to cooperate with you to fulfill your purpose? We are not using him to fulfill our own purpose. But we will cooperate with him to fulfill his purpose. Amen? He is God. Therefore, he is eternal. 
Therefore, he is living; he is not dead. Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verses 7 to 8. But I tell you the truth: it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor will not come to you. The Counselor means the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, when he comes, when Jesus rose from the dead. He sent the Holy Spirit into the world on the day of Pentecost. He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. You see, Jesus said, "I'm living. I'm gone. Who is working on earth here with the church, the Holy Spirit? That's why we need to learn how to work with the Holy Spirit and follow the Holy Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit." John chapter 16 verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own; He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit is a person; He has personality, He has intellect, He has feelings, He has emotion, like a person. So we need to treat the Holy Spirit as a person. Amen. And if we know that the Holy Spirit is a person, it will really impact how we live daily life, how we walk with God. We will walk with Him in adoration, in worship, in humility, following Him, listening to Him, because He's a divine person. He's not just an influence in your life, but He is a person. Today, I want to show you some scripture that the Holy Spirit. Is not just an influence, but he is a person. Number one, the Holy Spirit has an intellect. First Corinthians chapter two, verses ten to eleven. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows. The thoughts of God, except the Spirit of God. The Bible says the Spirit of God knows. He can understand. He can search. He can reason. He can remember, explore, examine. He can evaluate. He can read your mind. He can tell what you're thinking in on the inside of you. He can understand what you're talking about. Therefore, he has an intellect. He has the mind to understand, and he has memory. He can quote what the Father want to tell you. He can bring the message from the Father exactly the right message to you. He has an intellect. He has the mind inside him. In Romans chapter eight, verses twenty-six, twenty-seven. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Which means that the Spirit pray to us in tongues, in with tongues and language we don't understand. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. So the Spirit has the mind. He has an intellect. He can understand. He knows. He evaluates. You cannot lie to God. You cannot lie to the Holy Spirit. He knows everything about you. He knows your heart. He knows what you think. You can lie to the man, but you cannot lie to the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus allowed the Holy Spirit to be His advocate on earth today. We need to learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit on earth. He is the advocate of God here. He is God Himself, and He represents God on earth here because the Father is sitting in heaven. He Knows everything. He knows the thoughts of the Father. He knows what the Father thinks, so he can bring that truth into our life and instruct us and teach us what we need to know. Nehemiah chapter nine verse twenty: You gave your good spirit to instruct them. When you read the Bible, who teach you? The Holy Spirit. Amen. When you listen to the sermon, actually, if you listen to the sermon, 
and you let the Holy Spirit speak to you is not the man speaking to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you at the same time and instruct you in the things of God. He is the real teacher. He knows what is right and what is wrong. John chapter 14 verse 26. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. I like that. Not only certain things. All things. And will remind you. You see, he has an intellect. He can teach and he can remind you of everything I have said to you. Many times when we want to do something and we sometimes want to sin against God and suddenly do heard the voice of the Spirit say, what the Bible say, what Jesus say about that issue. Sometimes I get mad at my wife and want to yell at her. So when my flesh rise up, want to yell at my wife, then the Holy Spirit reminds me, mm, what does the Bible say? And I know the Bible says, love your wife. So I have to shut my mouth and start to calm down and say, no, I'm not going to yell at you. I will love you. I will calm down and love you. You see, the Holy Spirit reminds you of all the things that God speaks to you and God teaches you. He is a very important person in your life. He is with you everywhere, whether in your home or at the office, in the bus, in your car. Thank God we can have God with us everywhere we go. He is on the inside of us, and He can teach us and instruct us and remind us of all the good things anytime, anywhere. But the problem is many Christians shut their spiritual ears off and just use their mind to reason and to plan and to do all the things they want to do. You need to learn how to live this way. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Open your spiritual antenna all the time. When people email you, you want to answer, you open, you turn on and listen. What should I say in my email? Even when I talk to my patients, when the patient come to me, I talk to them and I ask God, I ask the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, what should I say? When I look at the films on the x-ray box, I will ask the Holy Spirit to teach me and to show me what is wrong here. Actually, uh, I give you an example. About three weeks ago, one lady, she's about 55 years old, came to me with burning pain in her legs and her feet. She went to the University of Washington, and they took x-ray, and they gave her diagnosis of arachnoiditis, which means that the nerve in the back bundled together and sending pain into her legs. The professor at University of Washington put the electrode on the spinal cord to stimulate the spinal cord to kill the pain. And it worked for her for six years. Suddenly, the machine died. So another doctor tried to change the battery box we call pulse generator. And unfortunately, the electrode broke. So that doctor sent her to me in order to perform surgery to change the whole thing, to change the electrode and change the pulse generator. When I look at her face and talk, everything she told me sounds like arachnoiditis. So I think the diagnosis was kind of right. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Don't believe it. Send her to have x-ray. So I said, Mrs. So-and-so, can you be patient with me? I'm not going to operate on you right away. I'm going to send you to have an x-ray. So she has an x-ray, and when I put up the x-ray, there's minor thing that look abnormal there. Very minor, very subtle that no one can see. And the Holy Spirit told me, fix that. So within a week, she came back a week later, I fixed her in a few days. On Tuesday, this past Tuesday, she come into my office dancing. She said, I never be able to dance. I never be able to touch my leg because it's so burning all the time for six years. And my surgery takes only an hour, simple operation, and now she become pain-free after six years of suffering. She said, I come back in a month, take that out of me. Take all those power generators and take them out. I'm free now. I have no pain at all. Six years. Who knows what is going on in her body? Not the doctor. 
the Holy Spirit, God. And how God tell the doctor who has the Holy Spirit like me, the Holy Spirit. So if you're going to see the doctor, see the doctor with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, she was smiling and happy, and, and she touched her leg in front of me and said, Look at this, look at this. And her husband just smiled and happy. Oh, I feel so good when I see the victory like that. Amen? He knows everything. He has the intellect. He understands what's going on with people's life. He is all-knowing. That's why Christians who know and, and understand the Bible will not just walk day by day and try to figure it out, think themselves. You will put the antenna up in your spirit and say, Holy Spirit, show me. Tell me. Reveal to me. You search what is going on for me and you inform me so that I will not make a mistake in my life. Amen? This is why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we have revival meeting. The revival meeting is like um, if you are a football player or you are a basketball player, you need to practice. You need to play the ball and shoot and you practice every day to make your hand very good and your leg, you can run. Revival service is a time that we can come and learn and practice the presence of God. That you learn how to be touched by God. Learn how to yield. Some of you may be new here. You don't know how to yield because you grow up in a church that don't believe in the Holy Spirit. So to you, come in like, what's going on here? Oh, oh. And, oh, why God touch people? And you miss a big part of your life that you never learn how to be hooked up, to be connected, to be filled and let the Holy Spirit speak to you in the meeting. If you can do that in here, you can do that in a shopping mall. You can do that at your workplace. Because you are filled and filled and filled and touched by the Spirit all the time. You are more sensitive to Him. This is like a training ground here. Revival service is a place to train people how to be touched by God and filled by the Spirit of the living God. John chapter 16, 12 to 15, the Bible says, I have much more to say to you. More than you can now bear. Jesus said, I have a lot of things to tell you, but you cannot bear. But when He, who is He? The Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. Who will bring truth to you? The Spirit of God. And there are two kinds of truths. The truth of the kingdom, the truth in the Bible, that God is going to teach you what each scripture means to you so that you can put it into practice. And there is another kind of truth, the truth about life. When I give example about that lady, that she was misdiagnosed as having arachnoiditis because the doctor did not know the truth, but the Spirit of God knows the truth that there's something wrong in her back that can be easily fixed by simple operation. The truth comes by the Holy Spirit, because I put the antenna up and listen to the Spirit of God. I have been in revival since 1996, so I have been touched by the Spirit of God many, many hundred times. So I'm very sensitive to the Holy Spirit because I've been practicing the presence of God all these years. How many years now? 1996. 15 years now, is that right? Yeah, 15 years that I have been touched by the Spirit again and again and again. So I'm, I'm become more and more each year sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. How many people want to live like that 24 hours a day? I think that should be the way we live. We should live like that, hear God's voice all the time. The Spirit of God show us the truth, show us the thing, and we will not make mistakes. We will know exactly what to do. He will tell you that five minutes from now, the police is there. Slow down. Amen. Nowadays, not only police, there's a camera. Have you gone through some intersection and then you saw the light come on? And then a few weeks later, you got a letter with the website. You can watch this video that you passed the red right. And you have to pay your bill. So you can stop because the Lord will tell you there's a camera out there. Number one, the Holy Spirit has an intellect. Number two, he has his own will. He makes his own decision. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, All these are the work of the one, the same Spirit. 
He gives them. He means he gives manifestation of the Spirit of the gift of the Holy Spirit to each believer, to each one, just as he determines, just as he wills. So, who determines what gift we have? The Holy Spirit. He has the will. He determines what we should have. He makes decision for us. So, as Christian, we need to be humble to submit to His will, because His will is the best for us. Amen. He can show us what we should not do, what we should do, what house we should not buy, because you're going to get into trouble, or which car you should not buy. What city you should live in and you should not live in. The Holy Spirit will determine for us what we need to do in life. That's why we need to be sensitive to His voice and be led by Him on a regular basis. What we need to do is to learn how to hook up to the Holy Spirit and listen to the voice on the inside of us. He is in the inside here, in your spirit, in our spirit, and then learn how to cooperate, learn how to flow with the Spirit of God. Whatever he say, and sometimes what he says doesn't make sense in the mind of man, because God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and God's ways are higher than our ways. So if you walk by the Spirit, sometimes He tells you what to do that doesn't make sense, but you need to obey Him. And five years later, you will see that. What he told you is right, and it's good for you, and you will thank God. I listened to the Holy Spirit because otherwise I would be in a mess. Because I listened to God, I came out from that problem. Amen. So you you need to listen to the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. We need to learn how to surrender to Him and listen to Him. In Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty-eight, keep watch over yourself and all the flock which. Of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes decision. Who going to be the pastor of the church? Who going to be leaders of the church? Who going to be sent out as evangelists? Who going to do this? Who going to do that? He determined the whole church should be dictated by the decision of the Holy Spirit. Our own life should be dictated by the Holy Spirit as well. Before you go anywhere, you need to ask God: Should I go or not? Or you just go and don't think about it. You should not do that. You should always ask God: Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I buy that? Should I not buy that? Always consult with the Holy Spirit because He has His will, and His will is the best. Amen. Number three: The Spirit of God not only has an intellect; He not only has the will. But he also has emotions. Emotions. You think emotions are important for our life? Is it a part of life? That's why he gives us joy. He gives us peace. We can laugh with God. Amen. You cannot come to God and look so dead, no emotion at all. That is religion. When you come to God, you can cry. You can. Just cry and cry and cry because you love God so much. You can laugh in the Holy Spirit. God, the Spirit has emotions. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15 verse 30, I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. The love, the compassion. The Holy Spirit has the emotion of love. He has the emotion of Compassion. Many times, when I lay hand on people in the revival service, and the spirit of God fill me up more and more and more, rise up in the inside of me, I can sense the love of God in my heart toward people in the meeting. I sense it. God loves them so much. God wants the best for their life. God is love. God has the emotion. He loves you. Amen. Even Jesus cried when he was on earth here. Because he has an emotion, so we need to understand that it's okay to have emotion—the emotion of God. Amen. In Luke chapter twelve, verse ten, and everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit 
will not be forgiven. So even Jesus said, "Please don't get the Holy Spirit upset. Please don't grieve the Holy Spirit." The Bible never say even one time don't grieve the Father. The Bible never say one time don't grieve Jesus, but the Bible say many times don't grieve the Holy Spirit. In the book of Isaiah chapter 63 verse 10, yet they rebelled and grieved His Holy Spirit, so He turned. And became their enemy. Can man grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes. How? Rebellion, disobeying to God. What does it mean? Grieve the Holy Spirit. The Greek language, the word "grieve" come from the word "lupa." The word "lupa" means offend, insult, to cause sorrow, to cause emotional pain and physical anguish. It means Troubling somebody's heart, make that person trouble in the heart, or affecting somebody's heart in a negative way. So you can make the Holy Spirit feel bad or feel grief on the inside of him, and that we should not do. He is a tender God. The Holy Spirit is likened to be a dove. He is very gentle. He is very tender. He is very sensitive. He is a gentle man in a sense. He's not pushing him his way into you. He's very gentle and tender. If you rebel against him, or you sin against him, or have bad attitudes, you can really cause him to be grieved, and you can push him away from your life. When you, I say push him away, mean you quench his work. He cannot do anything for you. When you keep quenching him, quenching him, causing grief, 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 he will stop helping you. He will not heal you. He will not help you. He just stay quiet and shut his mouth. He will not tell you what to do because you don't listen to him anymore. He's grief on the inside of you. That's why it's so important to make the spirit of God happy, so that he will work in your life. He will talk to you. He will be active in helping you all the time, heal you, perform miracle in your life because you make the spirit of God active and working and working in your life instead of. Quenching, quenching, and grieving the spirit of the living God. Amen. Ephesians chapter four, verses twenty-seven to thirty-two. Ephesians chapter four. You see how we grieve the Holy Spirit, and we should not do that. We should make Him happy. Amen. Amen. Ephesians four, verses twenty-seven on. Nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor. Working with his hands, what is good that he may have something to give him who has need? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You can see what Paul tried to say here. What makes us grieve the Holy Spirit? Stealing, being lazy, taking advantage of other people, corrupt word from our mouth. Instead of encouraging people, malice cause other people to get into trouble. All these things grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, sins grieve the Holy Spirit. But if you want the Holy Spirit to be happy, to be active in your life, what you need to do: be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving, loving people. If you can walk that way, the Holy Spirit will continue to flow on the inside of you, happy, happy. He flow, he's keep flowing and do the work in your life. He will speak to you. He will guide you. He will tell you what to do. Amen. How many people want the Holy Spirit to be active in your life? How many people want the Holy Spirit to be grieved and quenched? No one. So don't sin against God. If you sin against God, then you quench the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Today we learned three things. We continue next time in the revival meeting next time about the personality of the Holy Spirit. Today we learned that the Holy Spirit has an intellect. Number two, we learned that the Holy Spirit has His will or determination. And three, He also has emotion. We can grieve Him or we can make Him happy and smiling at us. We want to cooperate with the Spirit. Making him happy, living a holy life, obeying his word, don't rebel against him. Amen. We need to find out what he determines for our life, and always know the scripture so that we know what the Spirit wants us to do. Because the Spirit never go against the scripture; he will follow the scripture. He never work against his own word. Amen. And not only that, we should always listen to him. And be guided by him, all the time. I want to encourage all of you to set up the goal in your life. We have only one life to live. I notice that if a person doesn't have a goal, he will have the lifestyle of questella, sella, whatever will be, will be. And I've seen so many Christians live like that. They just questella, sella. I just live day by day. I'm saved. I don't need to do anything else. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I want to encourage all of you. We have only one life to live. We should set the goal. Personal goal is to become like Christ. That you will keep growing and growing and growing until you become like Christ. I want to challenge you to set that goal. That you will continue to grow spiritually all the time. To become like Him, Amen. Jesus is our model, not man. You follow Jesus, but if you don't set that goal, you're gonna stay stagnant. You're gonna maybe even go backward, backslide. But you set that goal every year. You're gonna grow. You're gonna become more and more like Christ. You should have that goal. Every Christian should be challenged to have that goal. That you will grow. Spiritually, to become like Christ. Don't be satisfied just salvation. Just going to church, pay your tithe, go home, and do whatever you want. No, become like Christ. Second thing, I believe that God created us for a purpose. Don't live your life day by day just to go to work, get a salary, go to bed, wake up, buy a car, drive, go to work, get a salary, and one day die. If you live like that, you are not different from people in the world. We are not of this world. We are of heaven, and God put all of us here with a purpose. Each of us have different purposes. We should really find the purpose of our own life. I find the purpose of my own life, and I follow that purpose every day. The purpose of my life is to be a teacher in the church. That's my purpose, the purpose of God for my life. Number two, the purpose of my life that God gave to me is to spread the fire of God and to build the church that will become like the bride of Christ. I'm gonna run the race to fulfill that purpose of my life. One day when I stand before the Lord, He will say, "Good and faithful servant, you keep growing to become like Christ, and not only that, you fulfill the purpose of God." Don't just go to church and warm the seat, and go home and live another five, six days like the world system. You find your purpose, find your gifts, find out what God wants you to do, and follow that purpose. And the Holy Spirit will be the one who tell you what you need to do in life. And if you can do that, you're gonna be the happiest person in the whole world because you know exactly. Why you live on earth here? What is the reason you live on earth here? It's not just to wake up, go to work, get the income, go to bed, get married, have kids, and die. If that is the reason, you are not different from other forms of being on earth. Amen. We were created in the image of God, and God gave us the purpose of life. So I want to challenge you these two things. From today on, set that goal every day. I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna become like Christ. 
And if you can set that goal, your Christian walk will never be bored. Will never be stagnant. You will keep growing and growing and growing. Number two, discover the purpose of God in your life, and walk in that purpose, and you will be fulfilled, and you're gonna get the crown of glory on your head in heaven. When you get to heaven, you will not go there bare hand. You're gonna get a lot of rewards in heaven. Amen. That's what the Holy Spirit want me to say to all of you. He said to me, challenge everyone to grow and to find the purpose of life. Your Christian life will be very exciting. Amen. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for teaching us your word to understand who the Holy Spirit is. We thank you, Lord, for sending your Holy Spirit into the church. Fill all of us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Train us to connect, to abide in the Spirit of God. Help us to be sensitive to the voice of this divine person, the Holy Spirit. Train everyone in this generation, Lord, in your church, to live by the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to be filled by the Spirit, to follow the voice of the Spirit. Lord, we have ear. We want to hear what the Spirit of God says. In each minute and each day, Lord, so that we can be the blessing to our family, to our spouse, to our children, to our customer, our bosses, our co-workers. We will be the blessing to this nation and to the nations, because you are the Spirit of life, and you give life to our mortal body. And we want to share that life with other people, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord. Help us, remind us every day to open our spiritual ears to the Spirit of the Living God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Want to explain a little bit about laying on of hands, because some of you are new here. You come here for the first time, and you may not understand everything we do. In the Bible, when the apostles or when Jesus want to impart the things of the Spirit, many many times there are a few ways that Jesus impart the Spirit. And the most common way is by the laying on of hands. He lay hand on people a lot. If you study the four gospel, you will see the word lay hand, touch. He touch. He touch people. He lay hand. God used the laying on of hand to be the way to impart the spirit from heaven into our life, impart the blessing, impart the healing, impart the good things from heaven. When Moses want to give wisdom to Joshua. The Bible say he lay hand on Joshua. When Aaron want to bless the children of Israel, the Bible say that he raised his hand and blessed them. It's a laying on of hand. So this is one way that God bless people laying on of hands. If we are very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we don't need anybody to lay hand on us because we can hook up to the Holy Spirit right away. Without the laying on of hands, but again, this is a place of practice. The presence of God. So when you come to be laid hand on, you are learning how to hook up to the Holy Spirit in the meeting like this by the anointed man who know how to flow in the Spirit, so that when you get out of here, you can walk with the Spirit 24/7. That's one way that God impart the Spirit. The second way that God impart the Spirit. Is by voice. He speaks and impart the Spirit of God. I receive 
a lot of messages from the Facebook and email because I cannot fly to everywhere in the world. How God does impart the Holy Spirit in other part of the world. People turn on my CD, and I just got the message from the south part of Thailand. There was full of Muslim there. This mother and daughter turn on the CD, and when they began to listen to the teaching, they began to pray that God will flow into them by the teaching. What happened? The fire of God touched both of them in the home through the voice, and not only that, demon come out of them. In the home, no one lay hand on them by just receiving the voice that is full of the anointing. So God impart the anointing through voices. Amen. The third way that Jesus did that I would not do, thank God, is by saliva or by blowing. Jesus blow on people. I'm not going to do that. I try to keep only the laying on of hand and voice. So when I pray for you and lay hand on you, I will speak something. So both the laying on hand and say and say is the way to impart the spirit of God upon you by faith. Now you understand why I lay hand and say something. Fire, fire, touch, because that's the way God. That's the economy of God. The way God move on earth by voice and by the laying on of hands. Amen. Now your side, the receiver, need to be hungry. In order to receive the Holy Spirit, you need to be hungry. If you are not hungry, God is not going to push His way in. You don't come to Him to try or to say, "You know, I'm going to try, Holy Spirit." If you come like this with the attitude of trying the Holy Spirit, He is a gentleman. He say, "Bye bye. You try for another ten years. I'm not going to touch you." You need to come to Him with humility, with hunger. Surrender. Let God work in you. Amen. And you need to have the attitude: God, whatever you want to do in my life, I will cooperate with you. It's about cooperation with the Holy Spirit. If He makes you cry, don't hold back and say, "My makeup gonna be gone. I'm not gonna cry." Go ahead and cry. You can put new makeup tomorrow. Don't worry about it. No one gonna look at you in this church. Amen. Don't worry about makeups or hairstyle. If God make you drunk in the spirit and your hairstyle go haywire, don't worry about it. You can get a new hairstyle tomorrow. You can get your hair done tomorrow. If God make you laugh, go ahead and laugh. Don't be too traditional. <laughs> I'm Japanese. I'm Chinese. I need to laugh. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh. <laughs> Who is laughing like that? <laughs> I'm serious. Some culture, you know. Especially, I noticed one thing about Chinese men. I'm Chinese too, so I can say it. I'm not looking down Chinese. I come from Chinese background. Chinese men like to keep a little bit of dignity. I don't want to lose my face. Mm. I'm strong. So when God touch them and they want to laugh, mm, mm. if I laugh, people think I'm crazy. No more dignity in this room. Only God get the dignity. Amen. In fact, listen carefully. If you're willing to lose dignity here, you will gain honor and dignity out there. Amen. God will honor you. The Bible say clearly that God gives grace to the humble. You need to be humble. If you want God to give grace to you, you cannot come to God. You know, God a master degree from Bible school. I have a position in my church. Don't do anything to make me lose face, okay? If you come like that, sorry. You need to come to God like children. You're willing to lose your face. Who cares what people think about you? It's between you and the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit touch you. Let the Holy Spirit work on the inside of you. Let everyone say with me: the more, the better. The more, the better. If you compare to the Holy Spirit as a plastic surgeon, you're gonna let him just do plastic surgery only half. <laughs> 
done or do the whole thing. The eyes, the eyebrow, make a little bit skin more tight. Liposuction. Get the whole package. The more, the better. If you're gonna let the Holy Spirit touch you tonight, don't come and say, "I want a little bit." No. Let Him touch you fully. Cooperate with Him fully. You can do whatever you want in my life. Touch me, fill me, change me, cut the thing, bad things out of me, get rid of some demon out of me, get rid of some curses out of me. Do it, whatever you want to do. I want to surrender. I'm gonna lay down on the operating table today and let you, the surgeon, the plastic surgeon, to come and operate on me and beautify me. He is the surgeon. Amen. We need to come with that attitudes. Amen. I know that this is not as usual church service. That sing three songs, three hymns, and three hers, and preaching for 15 minutes and go home. This is the Holy Ghost meeting. We're gonna spend time soak in the presence of God. When you lie down, don't hurry to get up. Soak in as long as you can. Don't hurry. This is how God works. God gonna let you feel dry for a few minutes to see, are you really hungry or you just come and test Him? And if you're hungry and you keep pressing in, pressing in, eventually God will show up. This is how God works. He tests your heart. Are you really, really hungry for me? He watch you, and you lie on the floor. You start to look at your watch. Oh, two minutes already gone. Okay, I get up and go home. Why the 120 disciple have to wait in the upper room for 40 days, 40 nights? Why? Because God want to prove that that you are really hungry. You, if you gonna come to God like a drive-through service, you park Big Mac, five dollars. You come to God like that, you don't get anything. God is not a drive-through service. God wants you to press in, to soak in, to get hungry, to just stay. You keep your mind stayed or abide in the Lord. Stay there until He touch you and change you. Amen. Like the woman with the issue of blood, that she just press in. She want to be touched by Jesus. She want the anointing of Jesus to heal her. She just keep pressing in. She never gave up. So I just want to teach you how to plug in today. Laying on of hands, hungry, surrender. Don't hurry. Give some time to God. Let God touch you until He finish. Keep pressing in. Keep saying, God, come and touch me. God, come and feel me. I want to know the Holy Spirit. I want the fire of God to touch me. Amen. Amen. Like the woman. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song and prepare our heart to press in.
This message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son. Bring me your tired, you said. to be 